And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Let me just adjust the noise of me. Uh, it's a beautiful, sunny... I'll, Jesus, as soon as I start this freaking podcast, Doug's barking outside. It's my fault for having the porch door open because, yes, I have a porch. Yes, I have a porch. It's a signal for wealth. Uh, because uh, it's a, it's, it's quite frankly, moving on top floor, heat's rising, and I needed to get some air flowing in here without uh, wasting money. And here we are doing just that. Not wasting money. We are in the throes of it. 250, first episode of the new year. I was going to do this um, a couple weeks ago, but just uh, time slipped away from me. But now we're back. And hey, you know what? Announcement. I decided this yesterday. Two brand new podcasts are coming at you. This is not a joke. Two. Dose. Dose. Brand new podcast. Dose. Are coming at you uh, starting next week. One of them is another one to help me get another job. <laughs> if you'll remember a couple years ago, I did, uh, uh, uh what's it called? The, co- uh, the application, excuse me, the, the couple, the constitution, the complication, because it didn't land me a job. The, uh, constitutionals. Now this next one's going to be called, um, something else. You'll see it. It's called, oh, no, it's fine. LinkedIn logs, which is a title I came up with years ago. And I Googled it, and so far, no one has it. So I got it, baby. LinkedIn logs. I want to become the number one influencer on LinkedIn. <laughs> Conan, now, now, to be fair, Conan O'Brien did have this idea uh, years ago to become a number one LinkedIn user. But he is he's, like, I think within, like, a week, he stopped using his LinkedIn account. So I'm going to try to do that. And uh, and I'm gonna, it's going to be bi-weekly, so two episodes a week of... Me just talking about the job hunt and things like of that nature. And God willing, I get a friggin' job out of this. How do I look? I dare not touch the, um, we'll get to the second other podcast in a second. I dare not touch, I, I plugged in the, the ring light into the Mac Mini. Or rather, I plugged in the Zoom, the recorder, into the Mac Mini, as usual. And then I plugged in the ring light into... The USB-C hub that I have, Anchor USB-C hub. Now, it, now it's a, it's an older hub. It's and by older in Anchor's terms, you know, older is last week because they release things so quickly. But it is it is maybe like two or three years old at this point, maybe three. And uh, I have been using it for and so the, the things that are plugged into the USB-C hub are because the because the Mac Mini can can do all the stuff over USB-C. There's like any regular computer, HDMI. For the monitor, uh, an SSD that's for the Mac Mini that holds the C plus comedy stuff for the Mac because you can't just throw things willy nilly. You know, I, I went to a school with a willy nilly. <laughs> it's just so willing to do stupid things. And uh, what else is plugged in there? Oh, and now the ring light, an SSD, something else, and now the ring light. What's the what's the what's the second thing? Oh, the uh, the 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 webcam. Okay, so all that's plugged in. That stuff is typically plugged in, save for the ring light. I plugged in the ring light. Boom, 
everything the the monitor turns off the mini the mac is still fine but everything else just shuts down the the ring light turns off all this stuff i keep i plug it back in and it's fine i take out the ring light it's still fine but that happens like two or three times and now it's just i don't want to touch anything because i don't want anything else to happen i think the issue is and maybe maybe i'm just overthinking this uh i do have that steam deck still which i've figured mostly figured out i'm still having so many issues with it just downloading games and stuff like gog doesn't work on it and then so you have to oh the witcher 3 rather doesn't work on it because i have it through gog and then you got to do this and that to make it work with gog and gog is basically for windows and for mac uh and it's not really for linux and then you have to download uh, that in the background and linux is so much and people will tell you, oh, the Steam Deck is so easy and so fun. You just have to get on this GitHub and download a flat pack. And uh, I don't want to do all that stuff. Point the wine source. And the, those are all real words. Wine, flat pack. I just, I don't like, it's so, it's so much work. I want a Windows handheld where I could just download a game and play it. Versus emulation on the Steam Deck. You got to, yeah, it works. But I have to download the right kind of ROMs. Oh, excuse me. I have to have my own ROMs. I have to have the, the ROMs that I like. The ROMs that I have owned <laughs> from my personal games. You have to have you have to download the right kind of ROMs. And then they've got to work. They, the, the emulator has to be updated. And it's got to work for this. And then if you want Witcher 3 to work, then you got to do... And you, you don't own Witcher 3 on Steam. And you have to buy it. You have to work. You have to do it how Epic wants it or how, uh, how GOG wants it. And it's just, like, come on, if if I, because I got it for free. I got I got Witcher 3, I think, for free for, for GOG. That's where I'm going to play it. I'm not going to spend $10 again just to play it, $10, because I already own it on Xbox. I just wanted to, I just want to get the save downloaded to the, to the thing. I got to figure it out. It took me two weeks to figure the Witcher out, because nobody had a straight answer until I found a video of this guy. It was like, you got to... Uh, download GOG. Don't open it in Lutris. Don't open it in Heroic. And those are those are two different <laughs> sources. It's a download. You have to download GOG. Put it on Steam. Uh, op- make sure add it to Steam as a non-Steam game. Open it on Steam. Then you can download the game from GOG. You have to go into the code and find the thing. It's just so much work. It's just so much work. It's a good like it's a good device. Anyway, so I've been plugging that hub into the Steam Deck. All that to say, so I can see if like so when I when I'm working on that crap, I can see it on this monitor. And I think that was that's the issue. Anyway, Steam Deck's fine. I'm glad it opened up the world to uh I mean truly, truly, I think it opened up the world to just like how, you know, um iPads and iPhones you know, introduce things that have already existed on Android, on the Android side and on the Windows side, on the PC side. Uh, and, just, and I looked at the MacBook and I, what I meant to say, iPhone, when I said iPhones, uh, when, when all that stuff, like when Android and Windows and PC stuff has already existed and then uh, it's, and then Mac and Apple and them, they decide to do it and quite frankly, sometimes do it better, sometimes do it worse. Uh that's what the Steam Deck is, but it's a good device. Got it for free, and I'm excited. Let's move on. Let's do this for oh, 250. Episode 250. Welcome to New Year. Happy New Year. The hell is that noise? Oh, they're working on the uh, apartment stuff outside. I saw a treadmill for sale, and I really want it. I don't have I don't have money for a treadmill, but I saw it. Somebody was selling it on Nextdoor. 
And just like that bike that's right uh, there, that's where I got that. My uh, indoor bike, so I'm just trying, I'm just saying. Mega talk of death. Let's get into it. This comes from Deadline. Eight minutes. I have the timer right here. It says eight minutes. Deadline. No false advertising. Anade Amris. Armis. Absence from yesterday flick puts trailers in legal spotlight written by Dominic Patton. Stories from guys. I'm going to need you to not do that. <laughs> I am podcasting. Uh, just turn it down and I'll talk louder. If you know the movie yesterday, it is about uh, the it's the Danny Boyle movie starring Hamish Patel, I believe that is his name. Let me double check. I don't want to be wrong. Hamish Hamish Patel. Hem, Hamish Patel, excuse me. And he is uh, he yesterday fantastic movie. It's about uh, he 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 the, he lives in a world where Beatles songs don't exist, and he starts singing them and playing them. People are like that's a good song, and he becomes famous. He meets Ed Sheeran, I believe. Kate McKinnon is his. Um, uh, manager, it's a it's a very fun movie. I enjoy it. And I enjoyed it, and I I believe I saw it the same weekend I saw uh, the Bruce Springsteen one, starring uh, oh Jesus, what's it called? Blinded by the light. Blinded by the light. It's a great movie. I saw them both the exact same weekend, uh, and I enjoyed it. And I and I then I bought them both. Vivek Kalra. He did a fantastic job. Any users, let's continue. And if you knew, if you watched the trailer for yesterday, Anna de Armas is in that. And boy, oh boy, people had, were upset. A uh, U.S. district judge had to rule that Universal is in the wrong for including uh, Anna inside of the uh, inside of the the movie trailer, rather. He's a federal judge. The judge was a federal judge. And he said, quote, Universal is correct that trailers involve some creativity and editorial discretion, but this creativity does not outweigh the commercial nature of a trailer. The people who filed the lawsuit in January of 2022 were Paul Michael Rosa and Connor Wolf, uh, two people who need to get a friggin' life. The trailer version of the $5 million, $5 million suit that's very funny. It's a trailer version. Good job, Dominic. In July and October of 2021, Maryland-based Wolf and California-based Rosa saw a trailer for the Haimesh Patel-led rom-com that featured De Armas as a love interest at $3.99 apiece on Amazon Prime Video. I'm sorry. I just I just got unreasonably infuriated. <laughs> Both fans soon after rented the film about a musician who wakes up knowing all the Beatles songs in the world where the Beatles never existed. And of course, the Armas was not in the movie. Turns out she's been cut entirely from the movie, which happens all the time, which is something that happens literally all the time. Your favorite actor has been cut out of movies all the time. I'm sure... Uh, uh, Brad Pitt's been cut out of movies. And I say that because I saw Babylon; it was fantastic. Uh, I'm sure uh, uh, Sam Jackson has been cut out of movies, especially early on. <laughs> Screenwriter Richard Curtis 
noted this saying, I think the audience did not like the fact that his eyes even strayed because they showed a, uh, a preview version of the movie. You know, they, they do these things. They go around to, to places and they, and sometimes uh, studios like to show movies ahead of time and, and, and take out what works or add to what didn't. Sometimes that's how deleted scenes are made. You know, movies aren't just made, not, not every movie is going, you know, they don't, they're not going to take out the, uh, um, what's a big movie that's supposed to be coming out? Oh God, I can't think of a big movie. Babylon. They're not going to be taking Babylon to uh, middle America or some theater in Chicago or some, uh, uh, or like a testing ground in LA. They're not going to be taking, you know, that movie and going, uh, here, watch it. But for these smaller, these smaller films, uh, they'll they'll probably be going out, showing people, asking test audiences. That's what they are, test audiences. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? You know, that's just how it happens. And sometimes trailer houses, they're just, all they have to do, if you look at the trailer for Die Hard 2, Die Hard 2's trailer literally spells out Die Hard. I think in the, in the trailer, I think because I just, I just rewatched Die Hard 1 and I, I looked at the trailer for Die Hard 2, and boy, oh boy, trailers don't do movies justice anymore. Or they used to not do movies justice. Now they're, I think they're fantastic, and they show way too much. It's an artistic reason, but Wolf and Susan do not see it that way. The plaintiffs. They felt conned. This is what Dominic says. By the uh, trailer... The lawsuit declared, quote, defendants advertising and promotion of the movie yesterday is false, misleading and deceptive. Now, despite the Comcast owned studio and their Munger tolls and Olson's attorneys best efforts to put the lawsuit in the past, Wilson agreed with a lot of where the plaintiffs and their army of lawyers were coming from. Oh, I do. I want to get through this. Okay. In sum, Universal has pointed to no non-commercial speech that could be intertwined with the trailer and uh, the inextricably intertwined exception, that's too much, to the commercial speech doctrine does not apply. I realize I didn't talk about the other podcast. At the end of the show, I'll talk about that. That's because plaintiffs have plausibly alleged that the trailer's false commercial speech. Plaintiffs may proceed with their claims without offending the First Amendment. This is a wild abuse of the court system. <laughs> and yes, I movie trailers do, especially now, portray uh, sometimes different styles of film. Sometimes you can go to a movie and 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 watch it and go and like think like, oh, I thought that was supposed to be a comedy, but it, it's not. Did Avatar stand up to its its trailer? Yeah, it did. Avatar uh, Edge of Water, Way of Water, excuse me. There's going to be Fire Navi in the next one, or they're, they're coming at least. Did, um, uh, what's a movie I can't think of? Uh, uh, Pinocchio, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, stand out to, the, to its trailer? I don't know, because there's no color people in that movie, so I can't watch it. It's very true. Guillermo's Mexican, and he continually casts all white casts. I just, and, the, and that one's a cartoon, I just don't understand. My guy, put some color folks inside your movies. 
I think it's a it's a dumb rule. I mean, yeah, this is a wa- this is a waste of judicial time, truly. And uh, I understand where the judge is coming from, but uh, this is I, it's it's less false advertising and more a kind of narrative decision. Like, would you sue a TV, a, a network for not like for canceling a show mid-season? No. I'm going to sue uh, the CW for canceling Pushing Daisies. <laughs> Why is that the first show I could come up with? <laughs> I'm going to sue Netflix for canceling 1899 before I could even get to the season. This is stupid. It pisses me off. We spent $4 and we thought we were going to see Anna Damaris. She was paid. I didn't see anybody getting that mad for uh, Scarlett Johansson when she was supposed to be paid for uh, Black Widow. I mean, I was. I was pissed for her. She did her job. She didn't get it. And then that movie went to Disney Plus. Kidding me? Iger would have handled it well. <laughs> Next topic. Hey, speaking of movies, this is going to be an all-movie episode. This comes from The Hollywood Reporter written by Rebecca Sun. Latest diversity reports from USC, SDSU reveal room for improvement behind the camera. Now, there was a, I, if you look at the notes, I say that there was a slight improvement. Just a slight one. I do believe that, in my eyes, uh, this is from the USC Annenberg Initi- Inclusion Initiative, which is something I talk about all the time. This is for the director's chair report. And it analyzes gender and race and ethnicity, uh, the directors behind last year's 100 highest grossing movies in the U.S., while the San Diego State Center for the Study of Women in Television and Film's most recent celluloid ceiling report examined the employment of women in key behind-the-scenes roles in both 150 and top 100, 250 uh, top-grossing movies at the domestic box office. Now, I do believe that there has been – the reasoning for my, my verbiage of slight – is that I, I believe that there has been uh, an uptick of people talking about female directors. Now, whether I like them or not, uh, Olivia Wilde, Greta Gerwig, they've been talked about more in the past year, for both for good and bad. Well, one for you know good and bad things, and the other uh, because she's doing the Barbie movie. Um, uh, and those are the only two directors I don't like. <laughs> well, Edgar Wright too, and uh, Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> Just burn down all the bridges. No, but. Uh, I believe that there has been an inc- uh, a good increase uh, in talking about uh, women directors. Who did The Eternals? Was that um, the woman who did Nomadland? Uh, boy, I have a name, and I don't know if it's right. I can't even type. How, how can I not even type? I'm going to say her name is Chloe Zhao. I mean, I just don't like Greta Gerwig or Olivia Wilde. <laughs> SDSU reported that 11% of 2022's Helmers were women, which is down from 12 in 2021 and uh, in the high of 16 in 2020. The USC said 9% in 2022. The total number of women helming a movie in uh, a top 100 movie out of 111 directors was 10. 
and you can actually uh, just count them on your hands. Now, however, I do want to, but I don't want to just, I don't want to doom and gloom this. These movies were, at least in my mind, from, uh, for, I know each one of these movies, and it's not because uh, I, just, I, I know movies. These are movies you should know. Father Stew's director, Rosalind Ross. The Woman King's director, Gina Prince-Bythewood. Uh, Olivia Wilde, Don't Worry Darling. The Invitation, Jessica Thompson, Cassie Lennons, Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Tales director, whose name I will not try to pronounce. <laughs> she says director, Maria Schrader, Schrader, another movie starring all white women, but whatever. Uh, bodies, 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 Helena Rijan. Did I miss anybody? Oh, and Kat Koiro, who did Marry Me, which is, I think, out of that entire list, Marry Me is my favorite. Marry Me is so gosh darn funny. And Olivia Newman, Where the Crawdads Sing. Uh, a movie I will not see. <laughs> and as I said, yes, the numbers ha- were not very big or very inclusive, but these are all like big movies. I was going to say giant. But I think with the exception of Father Stew, these are all, and Where the Crawdads Sing, I think The End of the Invitation. These are all big, big enough movies to where you could see someone pop up on late night, see someone pop up in a podcast, see a trailer for it, and still recognize those movies. And now with those names, you can go, this person did that. Only three women of color, which were uh, Prince Bythewood, Lemons, and uh, uh, the, 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 the woman who did Till. Hey, I also want to point this out. There's only three women of color, which are represented in this. And each one of those women, Gina, Gina Prince-Bythewood, who did The Woman King, Cassie Lemons, who did Whitney Houston's biopic, and uh, Till's director, uh, Chuck Wu, last name Chuck Wu, they're all movies about black people, which is unfortunately the state of things. Uh, when it comes to Hollywood, which is one of the most frustrating things in the world. To have to be typecast into just one section. Like, wouldn't it have been great to see Cassie Lemons do Marry Me? Starring a woman of color. And Owen Wilson. Wouldn't it have been great to see Gina Prince-Bythewood do Don't Worry, Darling? which I don't think had people of color. I don't know, based on the trailer, speaking of trailers. That's the reason I didn't see that movie. And also, I'm not a fan of Olivia Wilde. The SDSU study notes that movies with at least one woman director tend to hire more women in key behind-the-scenes roles. More white women. Among women (laughs) directed movies, women represented 53% of writers compared to 12% of male helm features, 39% of editors, Compared uh, with 19%, 19% of uh, cinematographers compared with 4%, and 18% of composers compared with 6%. Marginal increases don't make up for marginal choices. Good title, Marginal Choices. I, I, I mean, it just, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot more... Uh, work on the part of the people who end up landing those those bigger bigger jobs. 
like and I and I will go back to this when Francis McDormand went up on the stage of the Oscars and said inclusion uh what inclusion something in the in your writer inclusion writer whatever the hell she said uh and everybody stood up and clapped and cheered and did backflips in the aisles and the only two people to do anything about it were um, uh, uh, Ava DuVernay and Michael B. Jordan just doesn't help when I sat down to see uh, Babylon and I'm going to uh, forget this young man's name but I did see him I did hear him on uh, 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 some type of podcast or something Diego Calva when I sat down and saw that when I watched that movie I had no idea he was going to be the main character and I was so ecstatic to see Damien Chazelle put a brown person in this main role. Now, you could argue Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie uh, all, like had more time. But I do think the time was split equally. And I do think Diego, who basically learned English for this movie, did a fantastic job. As the movie star. And if he's put up as supporting actor and Brad Pitt is put up as leading actor, I would be so pissed uh, when it comes to, to award nominations. In fact, let's see. I think the Golden Globe Awards are out. Uh, oh, yeah. Diego Calva is put up as best actor. Good for him. And Brad Pitt is put up as best supporting actor, which he'll probably win. Uh, and Margot is put up as best actress. Yes. Fantastic. See, that's the type of diversity we need. And it took Damien Chazelle's jazz-loving self to... <laughs> also, big shout-outs to uh, Jovan Adepo and uh, Lee Jun Lee, who were fantastic. Lee Jun Lee was in the Chicago universe, the Chicago TV show universe. Oh, my gosh. Oh, she played two different characters. Well, that's what happens in those in that world. You play two different characters, and then you're supposed to pretend like they're not the same. Let's move on to this next one. This also comes from Hollywood Reporter, written by J. Clara Chan, TikTok, to license IMDb data for feature targeting film and TV content. TikTok, uh, while it has been, while it may, it might be forced out of the country, uh, and it's definitely forced out of our countrymen's phones, government, government phones. They're making some of a pretty big uh, addition to its feature list. TikTok is licensing data. This is what Claire Chan wrote from IMDb to power a new feature that will make it easier for users to search for content related to a specific film or TV title and see relevant data about the work on a dedicated in-app page. Uh, also interesting about IMDb is that you podcast appearances on there. You can go look at like the Doughboys and that can be that can count as something you do a project, which is good. I think that's a very smart move. Like if you if you are a comedian who basically does stand up and has a couple of specials, you know, maybe like you have a couple of specials on Peacock or something uh, and they have a couple of specials out on, you know, a CD on a vinyl on uh, Spotify or streaming or whatever. And then you do podcast appearances and you're not really someone who's going to pop up. And you have like a couple of small acting spots, like one episode here and there. Uh, and you're not someone who's going to, you know, have the, the type of IMDb as like a traditional actor. Then this is perfect. 
I mean, then the podcast thing is perfect. But also this, this is also a good job. The feature, which will be uh, first be rolled out to users, will also uh, allow you creators to link to add a link to the film or TV show referenced in their video. The tagged words will then appear in a caption over the video posted, and viewers will be able to click that link and go to another IMDb-powered page or whatever. Creators will also be able to link their favorite shows and movies to their profiles, which will direct interested followers toward the respective works IMDb pages. There's a lot of movie and TV stuff on TikTok, from what I can uh, tell as an adult man who does not have a TikTok. Uh, if you're an adult and you're a male and you have a TikTok, come on, man. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I, I like this. I like this a lot. I like this feature addition a lot. Uh, they should. Unfortunately, it's a TikTok only thing. Uh, but whenever I see somebody, you know, people can do, you know, references and then they can they can have this link out to I'm doing a Jurassic Park that's the first thing I pop right I'm doing a Jurassic Park reference and here's uh, this is what I'm referencing in Jurassic Park you know here's Laura Dern uh, from Jurassic Park here's uh, God uh, uh, Wayne Knight <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is who I was thinking of in my head I was like what is it it's 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 what who what is his name <laughs> Wayne Knight is the second person that came in my mind. I also have a friend that works at a TikTok, and that person hates it. They said it stinks. I'm not using a pronoun because I don't want them to get in trouble. <laughs> okay. Uh, TikTok is also adding another feature. This is just something I got. I got. I saw it in the wings. This is. Um, we're going off the cuff here. It's going to add a feature to explain why videos are recommended. <laughs> TikTok has added a feature to its for you page that will give you a brief explanation of why the video is recommended in the feed. I mean, people talk about how uh, they how 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 they how they have like the perfect algorithm for them. Uh, in their TikTok feed. And I mean, I, I guess this is an easy way for TikTok to say, hey, this is why we did it. Because you watched three videos on how to floss and now you're now you're getting all these teeth recommendation <laughs> videos. Again, I don't know how it works. Anyway, that's not part of the, the traditional lineup for, for this episode. I just wanted to look at that. And this final one comes from Robbie Whelan over at WSJ Wall Street Journal. Hits like Top Gun Maverick buoyed 2022-2022 uh, movie box office to a point. We had a huge box office when it comes to uh, uh, 2022. Comparatively, <laughs> compared to the uh, uh, previous years. I'm looking at box office mojo right now. And in 2019, which was the year before the pandemic, we had uh, <laughs> it's like BP and then AP, you know, instead of uh, before death after death. Anyway, that's pretty funny. Uh, in 2019, we had an $11 billion box office. Average of uh, $12 billion. The total gross is $11 billion. I'm going to go by total grosses. Uh, and in 2020, we had only $2 billion. 2021 went up to 
uh, 4.5 billion in 2022, 7.4 billion. Nothing to scoff at compared to the last two years. Biggest movies of the last year include Top Gun Maverick, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Avatar Way of Water, Jurassic World Dominion, Minions Rise of Gru, The Batman, Thor Love and Thunder, Spider-Man No Way Home, and Sonic the Hedgehog. Followed by Black Adam, Elvis, Uncharted, and some others. Oh, that just keeps going, doesn't it? What was the least performing movie? Tyson's Run. What is that? What's Alice? Oh, Brian and Charles is 194. Oh, that's sad. I wouldn't see that movie. It's on Peacock. Confess Fletch was at 184. <laughs> Confess Fletch was great. It's a very funny movie. Now, thanks to those movies, especially, uh, oh, geez, I want to close it out. Especially Top Gun, Black Panther, and Doctor Strange, which each had a total gross of 718. Uh, oh, dude, hold on. Black Panther had 441. Doctor Strange had 411, and Top Gun had 718. That's millions. This box office was able to be held up by them. Those wide release films, they hit, which means that they hit 2,000 or more, really added to that 7.7 billion, 7.23 billion. Total domestic box office grosses through Christmas of this year represent an increase of 68% over 2021. Why do I keep doing that? When many theaters remain closed and audiences were largely still apprehensive about returning to theaters for the fear of COVID-19. I'll tell you what. Uh, I kind of still am. I wear a mask when I walk into that theater. And boy, oh boy, if, uh, if, I, if I see I'm one of like three people, I take it off. I saw, uh, I typically, when I, when I go to a movie theater, I sit, and trust me, I'm smart about this. I sit in the third row on the aisle seats, furthest away from the door. Uh, I try to get furthest away from the door. Uh, it is, uh, sh- that, that's the best seat for me. I don't like sitting in the back. I don't like sitting in the middle. I don't want to be bothered by people, and my theater has... Uh, if, if you're so inclined, my re- inclined, my theater has reclining seats. Uh, and I'm not someone who likes to lay down and watch a movie because that's weird. But that my, my, my theater also has uh, warming seats, which are a blessing. Especially when it's raining and you uh, biked to see Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> and you're a little bit wet because it was at the end of a rain. and But it was still raining a little bit. And you and you accidentally you sit down and the movie has already started. You're like like five minutes late. You sit down. You hit that button by accident, and you start feeling like a warm sensation on your back. And you go, "Oh my god, am I on fire?" And then you turn around and you see this this hot button is on. You're like, "Whoa, oh my gosh!" That happened to me. I used it during Babylon. I used it during Avatar: Way of Water because it was chilly. I turned it on. I turn on that hot seat. AMC hot seat. I love it. It's my favorite version of the theater. Anyway, I sit up in the first, uh, one of the first three rows. Because I usually, I'm, I'm alone. I, I get on my bike, go there, watch a movie, come back. Bring in my book bag full of treats. They're not going to stop me. They're children. <laughs> I'm always carrying my helmet. 
hair's hair's a mess because I've worn my helmet. I'm sweating, even though it's like an eight minute ride. If that, it's ten minutes most at most if the light doesn't change. Any hoosers? What was I talking about? <laughs> oh, my mask for uh, for the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you a story about when I saw Babylon. I don't know if I, I don't know if I told this the last time. When did the last episode come out? Because uh, I saw I saw Babylon and it was it was great. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I definitely did talk. No, I didn't. No, I did not talk about this. Okay, because that came out after I saw Avatar. Um, I saw Babylon and I went to this theater. And there were, when I bought my ticket, I was the third person to buy a ticket. It's 9.30 in the morning on a Friday morning. And it was during uh, a week before Christmas. So everybody was still working. And I was not. So I, was, so I went to this movie theater. I saw, first, I saw The Whale the day before. And it uh, just destroyed me. I almost said a curse word. And it just destroyed me. It just made me feel so sad. And then I saw Babylon the next day. Anyway. Saw Babylon, and I, uh, I was, I, I, I bought a ticket. I bought it in my regular spot, and this woman was in my seat, like was in the same row. So I go, okay, I'll go, I'll go up to the middle rows, and I'll go to, I'll go to my seat in the middle rows. Go to my seat in the middle row, and then a guy comes in, and he was gonna sit like three rows behind me in the middle, but then he goes. Hey, no one in the back. I'm going to sit in the back. He sits in the back. I would say about 10, 10 or so minutes in, a guy comes in. And not only does he decide to sit in my row, he decides to sit like five seats from me. And I look over and I'm like, the heck is this guy doing? And uh, not only that, he has the loudest snacks with him in the world. Just the loudest snacks. Just sits down, just just all you hear is these snacks, and he gets on his phone, and he's and it's just like the bright light hits him, uh, and I believe it goes off once, but I don't remember that. Uh, and, and and I'm just like I just I'm sitting there thinking, Jesus, like what's going on? So then the 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 opening sequence ends, and the titles and the titles come out. Opening sequence is like twenty minutes. The movie's three hours or two minutes long. Uh, opening sequence ends after like twenty or so minutes, and I go, okay, time for me to go to the restroom because I just can't. I have to pee, and then also I don't want to be next to this guy all the time. I grab my stuff, go pee, come back, and I sit back, maybe three rows, same seat. The guy notices, and now he's just like he starts leaning back. Yeah, oh, I also he uh, <laughs> when when I leave, I notice he's in the most uncomfortable position where the seat's fully reclined, but. His neck is basically in the crease where your butt is supposed to be. This, that's how lean back this man is, and uh, and I, I go I, I go back to, I go to my new seat after I come back from the restroom, and this and and now he, this guy is just fully on his phone the entire time. I believe at one point he does take a picture, uh, and he well, no twice he takes a picture because at that same point he takes multiple pictures. Um, no flash, but I definitely saw the camera open and him go like tap tap tap. Uh, and, and then he's like texting it to somebody and he's now has, believes he has free reign to just laugh as loud as he possibly can, <laughs> which is annoying. I'm laughing now, but it's a, it's so annoying. Uh, and then he leaves when there are, and I remember this specifically, 
the movie is in its falling action, so we are in the final act of the film, and and uh, and everything's kind of wrapping up. But there's at least twenty to twenty five minutes left of this movie, and he gets up and he leaves, and I go, well, I mean, yeah, this doesn't want to see the credits, and the and <laughs> then I, I looked down at my watch and I go, yeah, I guess I want to see the credits, and then the movie ends like twenty to twenty five minutes later, and I'm like, that guy left way too early. <laughs> I don't know why he did that. But he was wearing a button-up shirt tucked in some pants. So I think he was supposed to be working. I don't know. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, he wasn't – I'm talking about, like, working an office job. Uh, he definitely was not, like – I don't know. I don't know what that was. Any Hoosiers, let's get back to the story. <laughs> so stupid. The box office saw – domestic box office saw an increase of 68% over 2021. Which is where I but 2022 grosses are still off by roughly one third compared to 2019, the last pre-pandemic year. I do think that we shouldn't really be comparing the last three. Like this, this year is the year that it needs to be compared to 2019. I do think because of the the growth of the pandemic and then and and then over this this now this current winter we're still experiencing the triple demic with the flu and RSV and COVID, uh, coronavirus. That that there is, and now people are more comfortable of uh, of going out in, in public and enjoying things. Uh, I do think that this last three years kind of had to be a little bit of of a gimme of a gimme year a gimme years uh, when when it came to enjoying the entertainment industry as a whole, but also just the world, but the entertainment industry, because it's so take it or leave it. Uh, um, especially with like streaming, obviously the last three years, you know, the, 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 I've, I've seen this multiple times and as somebody's experienced it, because now I'm currently out of a, a job. Um, the, uh, and now I can talk as much smack about Warner as I want. <laughs> I won't do that. Uh, not like the last three, last three jobs. I'll I'll talk smack about them uh, to their faces, but the, I've seen this a lot. Is that this, they say like the the, CEO, the CEOs and the CEO, I think I believe the CFO of Warner Bros Discovery said the streaming boom is over and they're the all that the quote unquote reckless spending that they do that they did rather uh, has to be you know that that HBO. Max and uh, Hulu and and Disney Plus and and everybody what they did to try to keep up with Netflix and now even Netflix is suffering. Um, it is that that it had to be uh, uh, over. But yeah, because we were in the last three years of pandemic and people were at home and they're watching things and you it, you know you it, the just like how it should it should grow it's like it's like the economy these these things should grow this change and flow you shouldn't like continually spend and go i'm going to like what if i did buy that treadmill then i wouldn't have money for rent the next month i wouldn't have money for food for me and nova like like you shouldn't it shouldn't have to have to just be a one-way street and also movies don't have to be the biggest thing in the world and tv shows don't have to be the biggest thing in the world just because uh, you think they should be. Not everything is going to be Stranger Things. I think I've said this uh, a dozen times. The main issue, according to studio executives and industry observers, is lack of supply. 
fewer big movies means fewer tickets sold, which is true. I look at I was looking at Adam tickets today to see if I want to go see anything, and the only thing out is Megan versus I think Black Panther is still in theaters, but that's coming to Disney Plus uh, in a couple of weeks, and then Avatar is there, but it's being played at you know disparate times and. You know, the whale is leaving because it's only got one more showtime. It's, I think there should be other reasons to get people to theaters. Whatever happened to just replaying movies, to remounting movies? I like I like how Disney will put up Avatar again, or I like how, you know, again, they did Spider-Man again. And I, and I know, I know those are two giant tentpole movies, but wouldn't it be fun if, if they did, you know, the entire phase two of Marvel's universe or leading up to Black Adam, they did uh, Batman v Superman and Shazam, and then you could watch Black Adam. I, I just, they're, they're, and, and I know that costs money. I know, I know things. I know things. But if you want to get butts in seats, then you're going to have to start playing by these different rules. Like if I want to see Puss in Boots and Last Wish, Show me Shrek 2, show me Puss in Boots. Boom. We're coming out of the pandemic haze and things will get better. Christmas weekend ticket sales were also disappointing across the board. Total box office gross uh, from Friday to Sunday was $86 million, said Comscore, which is down from last year's 69% uh, weekend haul. But that was, bu- that was buoyed by uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, which was... Um, you know, a movie people were looking forward to versus Avatar: The Way of Water, which I was looking—I I was only looking forward to that for the last two weeks. Again, it's a movie I saw. I want to see it again. It's very true. They have to aim for the demographics. They the the uh, look at movies like uh, Ticket to Paradise. That didn't do extremely hot, but compared to what it is. Globally, it got 167. Our A-list, and you know, comedies don't do too well in theaters anymore. Uh, that's why we, that's why, even though this came out during the pandemic on Netflix, uh, The Lovebirds, I think about that movie all the time, mostly because it stars two brown people, Issa Rae and uh, uh, Kumail Nanjiani, uh, in a rom-com. But it, it was like the last middle comedy that was supposed to come out in theaters. And then it had to be taken on a streaming. And then Bros came out. And that's when I say middle comedy, I mean like, uh, you know, if, uh, if blockbusters are AAA and then indies are single A, then those those middle budget comedies that are made for, you know, 20 million and they are and, and are expected to pull in five hundred million dollars, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Keep bringing back, you know, are we out of a list? Well, not out of a list, but can a listers sell movies anymore? You see, uh, Will Smith. I believe if Emancipation came out in theaters, I don't think it would have done well. Top Gun only did well because a, it's a fantastic movie, but you know, b, Tom Cruise can probably still sell tickets. Uh, you know, Brad Pitt didn't really help out Babylon as much. 
I would consider Margot Robbie up there and uh, in, in kind of in his near his orbit. And she didn't really help that movie that much because it did not do well in theaters. It has not done well in theaters and probably will not do well in theaters. Uh, and as good as uh, Brendan Fraser is, I don't think he's, you know, <laughs> in the same lane as uh, 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 Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie anymore. Uh, but I think he's close by. Uh, considerably, I think he's close by compared to the likes of other people. Um, he, the whales, you know, even if it was only put in a couple of theaters, the whales not performing the best for what it is, it is. Uh, but it's not really doing that, doing that much. So that much better. So, um, are, do, do they have to take into account more than box office? And yeah, I mean, it really, it really includes, it has to now include streaming because now Netflix is going to put, in order to get award consideration, they've got to put movies like The Pale Blue Eyes. And uh, and the only reason I say The Pale Blue Eyes is because I know it's in theaters because I just was on the, the movie app. And then they also have to put Glass, Onion, and Knives Out Mystery inside of uh, all, both in, all, in theaters, just even if just for a couple of weeks, just so they can have this uh, award nomination. But people are, wa- are going to want to see that stuff together. I mean, I don't know about the pale blue eyes, but <laughs> Glass Onion. When a knife, when Knives Out came out, uh, people was flocked to see that movie. I don't know if it did well, but people flocked to see it. I know that much. Uh, people definitely would if they, if Glass Onion came out traditionally, people would probably have seen it for you know the two or three months it was in theaters. Same thing for uh, the Irishman. Oh, the Irishman. There's got there just has to be trust. You these these companies have the the most money in the world, and they and I and I just think one year they just have to trust. If they if they go if Universal goes okay, we're putting out twenty movies this year in theaters. We got we just have to trust it, and we have to do our best to. I, and I think the problem is for a lot of these movies, they just advertise them the same way. Going back to the trailer discussion, they a lot of them are advertised the same way. But if you have a memorable ad campaign, instead of just going to Vanity Fair and shooting some YouTube videos and trying to go viral with those, uh, and instead of doing a cute little you know TikTok dance and, and, and just throwing someone on late night, uh, um, Logan Lucky. Logan Lucky has such a memorable campaign because it was advertised a lot in the South where NASCAR is huge. And I'm sure I'm sure they did what they could in the North and the West. But in the South, that's where NASCAR is huge. So, you know, for something like, I don't know, what's a movie that came out in theaters? Uh, a uh, Babylon throw a party. <laughs> send cocaine to people. <laughs> Go to USPS <laughs> and send white powdery substance <laughs> to people. You just have to be creative with this. And I know that costs money. I know things like that. But you can't expect the same type of advertising to work for one for, for two movies. I just bought Gatsby. I've seen it before. It's Baz Luhrmann's Gatsby, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire. Uh, and if 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 Gatsby and Babylon, Gatsby had a fantastic soundtrack. If Babylon 
released its soundtrack. That Justin Chatwin, I think that's what it is. Justin Chatwin, right? No. <laughs> is it Justin Hurts? Oh, she Hurwitz. Oh my God, Justin Chatwin's a Canadian actor. Justin Hurts. If I had that Justin Hurts jazziness moving and grooving in my ear, oh baby. I got in this. If you like what you heard here, and you want to see a video version of the show, head on over to youtube.com slash comedy. You can see me sitting in my beautiful HD glory, baby. I don't know why you would. Don't, 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 don't. You can also go to the website cpluscomedy.com where I have interviews with your favorite entertainment industry people. You can watch our premiere show on youtube.com slash cpluscomedy. News time, which is like the Daily Show, except way less funny. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at C Post Comedy, Facebook at C Post Comedy, and me at Chad Black White. Now to talk about the other podcast. So the uh, so the first podcast, the first new podcast is LinkedIn Logs. Where I'm trying to get a job. It's going to be bi-weekly. God, I hope it's bi-weekly. It'll have video, audio, wherever you get podcasts, and then also. Because it costs money to uh, to do to do these podcasts, I have to actually now pay. So the third podcast is going to be. <laughs> I love this title, uh, and I and actually there are, there are two titles, but I had to mix them into one. It is called Late Night Lately, the Late Late Night Show Show. Late Night Lately, the Late Late Night Show Show. That's how you say it. That's how fast you say it too. It is going to be a comprehensive look comprehensive look at a late night for the week and i'm gonna try not to do recaps uh, and it's just i know i know what i want to do for the show uh i'm not gonna make any promises but it's gonna be i want to see what i can do it's gonna and that one starts uh january 17th the that week so the week that the daily show returns with chelsea handler as guest host and then they're going to do Sarah Silverman and other people and Al Franken. Um, that Friday, that's when that first episode comes out. Hopefully. We'll see. Because I have to make theme song, two theme songs. One for LinkedIn Logs and one for Late Night Lately. And then I also have to continue doing the Constitutionals and then also News Time. But two new shows are coming. And that'll be fun. Anyway, I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. You're the best around. Gotta stop doing that.